Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome to another episode of the Scotsman Podcast. I am your host, Matthew Glade. The Scotsman is brought to you by KSL Sports, and we are here to talk about the Aggies' 75-72 win over Colorado State, but more specifically, we are here to talk about Sam Merrill eclipsing 2,000 points, passing Wayne Estes for number three on the Utah State all-time scoring list, and I keep saying we because I am joined tonight... Mm-hmm. By the co-host or host, I don't know which one. I don't think those two ever decided which one was which. Of Sports Beat Saturday, Sunday, you see him at ten o'clock on KSL News. Wednesday through Friday, he is Sam's Sam Farnsworth. Sam, welcome to the Scotsman Podcast. Matt, I am privileged to join you here on the Scotsman. This is my Scotsman debut. I feel like, uh, you know, this is. A special moment for me. This yeah. is this is this is uncharted territory for Sam Farnsworth, and I can't be more excited. It is, and I Genuinely. thank you for coming on because it's yeah. actually uncharted territory for me too. Because this is the first time I have had a guest. What on the oh Scotsman podcast in studio? That makes this even better. So I love it. Yeah, the other day I had Sam Merrill. So I guess I only have <clears throat> Sam's. Sam's, I guess, and I don't know any more Sam's in the building. <laughs> so. I'm going to have That's to look around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to have to go through the work uh the work directly see if I can find any more Sams or just scour every roster of every team yeah. in the state because I've got a streak going and I don't want to stop. But let's talk about Sam Merrill. Sam, you mm-hmm. watched the game with me tonight. We yeah. were both working producing the 10 o'clock sports cast. What were some of your reactions to Sam Merrill tonight? Well, my initial, you know, very first thought is, okay, it took him a few minutes to get that first bucket. Once the first bucket was out, and that wasn't even the record-breaking bucket, but once the first bucket dropped, everything started to go for Sam Merrill, and I was just like, any shot, any shot, no matter how contested, to me, I was like, oh, that's going to go in. It's going to go, even, even, you know, he missed a few, but still, he hit the big one at the end with 30 seconds to go, and a whole bunch in between, but that very first shot still stood out to me because it wasn't just like a regular layup or anything. It wasn't even a mid-range. It was like just inside the three-point line, a little off-balance, a little contested, and he drained it. I mean, Sam Merrill's just a dead-eye, and when he's on, he's on, and tonight he was more than on. Had 12 points in the first half and then 20 in the second half, so 
getting that quick start like you were talking about, it seemed to just build his confidence, and he just carried it over into the second half. Yeah, and, and again, they Colorado State didn't have an answer for him. I mean, uh, you could put a hand in his face and maybe get in the way of his dribble. I noticed that a couple of times when they'd try to run some kind of a pick or something. He, he would end up being double teamed and would have to give the ball off. But it still worked out because, uh, you know, he gives the ball off, moves around to the other side, gets it back, and pops a three. Um, I, I mean, Sam Merrill, his shot – from the moment I first saw him play this season, which was the first time I've I really watched him coming back to Utah, um, you could just tell this is a guy who knows how to score. He's got a knack for for the uh, hitting hitting his jump shots. And man, tonight was I think the epitome of the season high thirty two, and it was the epitome of of what everything I've I've thought Sam Merrill could be and is. Absolutely, and uh, no better team to score thirty two points again and go mm-hmm. to eclipse two thousand against than Colorado yeah. State, a team. For the last few seasons, he's absolutely owned, especially in Fort Collins. We all remember his overtime performance last year. And for him to hit that three in the final minute, five points in the final minute when you count, mm-hmm. when you uh, consider the free throws right. too, especially coming off a performance that was hindered by a lot of foul trouble against Boise State, uh, I think he just came out, looked smooth. And when I talked to him after the game, he said when he hit his first couple of shots— Coming into the game, he was a little nervous, but his confidence, as soon as he hit the first shot, Mm -hmm. just skyrocketed. And it was like you mentioned before, it was kind of the same thing. Once he got his rhythm, there was no stopping stopping him. So it was an important game for the Aggies. Mm -hmm. It was an important game for Merrill. Because now, the nice thing is, is he doesn't have to worry about it anymore. He doesn't have people like me constantly badgering him about 2,000 points. So he can just focus on uh, finishing out the season. They got four more games to close out the season. But but before we get to Utah State as the team, mm-hmm. I want to talk a little bit more about Sam Merrill because yeah. he passes Wayne Estes, mm-hmm. the legend, <clears throat> yeah. one of the greatest in, in Aggie history. Yeah. He moves up to number three. He now trails only J.C. Carroll and Greg Grant. Mm-hmm. He sits 99 points behind Greg Grant. Wouldn't that be awesome if he could reach that that 99 point. If he could score 100 more points between, well, you got four more games, and I believe they four include more postseason stats in that as well, right? Do they yes. include postseason? Yes. Okay. So that's not counting the Mountain West tournament. It's Correct. not counting the NCAA tournament if they so, make it. So he's probably got at least, so we'll just say at least five, but I'm optimistic that they'll play at least two in the Mountain West tournament. Um, you know, I think he's got a legitimate shot at getting, getting that point. And how awesome would that be? Because no one's going to catch J.C. Carroll. No, I think... There's, How awesome I think that be? it was Jeremiah and I were talking about this like two weeks ago when they were playing. I want to say it was like Wyoming or Colorado or Air Force at mm-hmm. home. One of those two. At that point, he had to average sixty points a game <laughs> yeah. to get even close right. to J.C. Carroll. So I don't right. think he's going to be catching him. But that's still so. I mean, that's that's a, he's already in elite company when it comes to to basketball up at Utah State. He's already in that that type of rarefied air. How poetic would it be if not only could Utah State, if he if he could uh, kind of throttle this team into one more postseason run for his career, but if also he could finish that career number two all-time at Utah State, that would be just the icing on top of a phenomenal Utah State career. Absolutely, and I think he does do it. My question, though, yeah. is does he do it in these four regular season games before he goes into the Mountain West Conference Tournament? And that's going to be tough. Okay, so I was looking at it. You know, you've got San Jose State. And uh, Wyoming, two opponents that they've already played. I think he had 14 in each of those games that he already played earlier this year. Fresno State, 
at about 24. And I might be mixing those numbers up. I know it was 14, 14, 24 for sure. I just don't remember which opponent. And then they haven't played New Mexico yet, but it's at the pit. That's a, that's a tough place to play. So can he do it in four games? Man, it's going to be tough. I, he, he definitely has the ability to do it. I think, I, I think it's probably going to be in the Mountain West tournament, though, where he gets it done. Okay, game one. I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to, I'm going to say that he does it. Nice. He has to average to beat to beat mm-hmm. Greg Grant to to move ahead of him. He has to average twenty five points a game. Right. So against either Fresno, Wyoming, San Jose State, or New Mexico, he has to have probably another thirty point game because you got to you got to think that w- at least one of these games is probably going to be a blowout considering the four opponents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've got San Jose State at home. San Jose State's not playing really well right, right now. So if they get up a lot. Uh, late in the game, I would imagine Craig Smith is going to sit Sam. Right, so, right. You, I, I have to think that one of them has to be a 30-plus point game because I think he'll probably have a game in the teens, not you know, not because of anything the other team's doing, just because of, just because of minutes. But I think he's going to do it. Uh, New Mexico, yeah, it's at the pit, but they're also a team that Colorado right. State beat by 32. Yeah. So... And, yeah, yeah, I think it's for I think it lines up. The mm-hmm. schedule lines up for him to do this uh, as perfect as you could, as perfect as you could possibly ask for. Uh, also with uh, with Sam, now that he's number three, mm-hmm. it brings up the question of where does he rank all time yeah. with Utah State players? Uh, not you know just. Just because you have mm-hmm. that many points doesn't mean you're the best player type right. of thing. I mean, if right. you look at the top 10 uh, players when it comes to point or even the top 20 or the top 50, whatever mm-hmm. you look at, you can jumble around that order quite a bit because it doesn't mean you're the best. So what is your opinion? You grew up in the state of Utah. Yeah. You were down in right. Utah County. Mm-hmm. You've, you followed more BYU and UVU mm-hmm. over your life. Mm-hmm. But just being in the state, obviously you see and you right. follow right. a lot of the greatest players that yeah. have crossed through Logan. I mean, you've spent time working at KSL. Mm-hmm. Um, you were actually here when I started interning mm-hmm. and then left. Mm-hmm. So you've been around. You've covered these teams. Yeah. In your opinion, where does you, where does JC, or, not with JC, where does Sam <laughs> Merrill rank when it comes to uh, I think maybe, comes to Are you showing State your Aggies. cards here, Matt? No. I think I've just so shown he, every Aggie fan's well, cards he, with that. He, exactly. So here's the thing. like, and, and it's also kind of difficult to compare eras. And I know that's always an argument made when you're talking about all-time greats in any sport, in, in any division, any level, whatever. But it, it's, it also reigns true. And, yeah, like you said, you know, uh, growing up in Utah County, you still – and I think I speak for most Utah college sports fans. Maybe I'm wrong. And, and it, BYU and Utah, maybe that's the exception. But I think a lot of Utah sports fans cheer for the teams in the state when they get to the tournament. And Utah State always seemed to make noise. You know, when Stu Morrill was the head coach, they were winning 20-plus games a year. And back then, 20-win seasons were – were big deals. Um, so Utah State had some great teams and some great runs. For me, the guy who always will re- – I, I will never forget watching him just because he was so smooth is J.C. Carroll. I mean, it seemed like when he had the ball, limitless range with with his shot, the ability to score. Um, I thought he was going to be uh, successful at the NBA level. You know, obviously it's always hard to, to figure out. But I think J.C. Carroll is the greatest uh, Aggie and I think a lot of Utah State fans, like you said, would would probably agree with that. Wayne Estes, for what he did 
prior to having a three-point line, too. I mean, you know, that's that's a lot of points. He, he was so. the most automatic two points yeah. I've watched in old footage before. But, but when you talk about comparing eras, that's the problem with right. Wayne Estes. And that's what, Correct. I mean, that's been the debate for years mm-hmm. is would he have the same impact on the game mm-hmm. nowadays, you know, or even in the last 20 years as he did in his era. Very true. Where I've only watched highlights, he looked pretty dominant, but mm-hmm. again, the competition wasn't exactly like it was now either. Right. But at the, I mean, his shot was so so automatic, so yeah. smooth. He made it look so easy at the time. If he's not the greatest Aggie of all time, I think he's still number two. Yeah. I don't know if Sam head to head is better than Wayne mm-hmm. Estes. Mm-hmm. Like if you're talking about greatest Aggies, mm-hmm. maybe he is, and maybe you know what? By the end of this, maybe by the end of the season, I'll change my mind. I still have a hard time putting him ahead of Wayne. I have a hard yeah. time putting him ahead of JC, but I don't have a hard time putting him at number three. No, and that's kind of how I that's kind of how I lean as well. I, I think it's I think he's an easy top three guy, and I know this may be putting pressure on the situation, even though you know he doesn't care what our opinions are. But if he had a a phenomenal run to close out the season, if he puts himself number two in scoring, if he takes his team into the NCAA tournament, maybe wins one or two rounds of it, that would catapult his status in Utah State lore quite a bit. Would it still put him ahead of of an Estes or a Carroll? Maybe, maybe not. But the the recency bias would have a lot of Aggie fans super excited about the career that he had here if if that's the the finish that he puts on it. Absolutely, there's enough time now between Estes, mm-hmm. even from when I was in school to now, mm-hmm. that I mean a lot of students there. I yeah that that was the interesting thing because I was there in Logan Saturday night when they did the tribute to Estes because mm-hmm. it was the the fifty fifty uh, fifth anniversary right. of his two thousandth point. And they put the shoes down, and it just makes me wonder how many of those kids in the stands nowadays know who that guy right. is and understand right. um, the importance of him to that program. Now, there are other Utah State players I would hear arguments for that are better than mm-hmm. Sam Merrill. If you want to argue that maybe Ty Wesley is still greater than Sam Merrill, if you mm-hmm. want to argue that you know Jalen Moore or his dad, Jimmy Moore, maybe. They were great Aggies. Mm-hmm. Jalen had the unfortunate, unfortunate luck of just being on some teams that were not good. Mm-hmm. And he was, and it was at the tail end of Stu's career. And there were, you know, there were some things going on inside the program during his run that weren't great. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, he's number 10 all time when it comes to points. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got guys like Spencer Nelson. You, got, have, you yeah. have Nate Harris. Yeah. Uh, Aggie legends up yeah. there. Nate Harris and Spencer Nelson were there when I... When I was in school and mm-hmm. I watched them in person, mm-hmm. it, it's it's hard for me to say that there's now somebody better right. than than Spencer <laughs> Nelson after watching him for yeah, so long. Right. But I do think watching Sam, watching what he brings to the table, I remember when he was a freshman, Jared Quayle, I think it was around, I think he played in 2008-ish. Mm-hmm. He was kind of this combo guard that that kind of did everything for Utah State. He came off the bench at the beginning of the season and then Stu moved him to the to the starting lineup, and I thought, oh, this is kind of what Sam's going to be. Is He's mm-hmm. going to be this kind of Jared Quayle type, and he kind of is, but he is an insanely, insanely better version yeah. of Jared Quayle, who, can, who has spectacular vision and such a great shot, and he attacks the rim so well. As a lot of people like to say, the sneaky athletic yeah, exactly. Sam Merrill. Right. Um, 
Yeah, that's. I mean, I was going to say that too. I, I think one of the most deceiving things when you look at Sam Merrill, you just look at him. He's not like a big, ripped, muscular guy. He's tall. He's lean. He's uh, he's long. Uh, you know. Um, but then you see him. I, I think the the thing that maybe I, w- I don't want to say shocks, but surprises me the most is the way he can handle the ball too. He's got very good ball control and ball handling skills as well, and he's able to go one-on-one with just about any defender and and cross him up and make a nice pass or a nice play to the hoop. And uh, I think that's one thing when you look at Sam Murray, like this this guy's their best player, and then you see him play, and you're like, wow, yeah, okay, he is good. <laughs> yeah, if you look at the starting lineup and you saw the pictures, you probably wouldn't pick him out as the best player. Yeah, which one's Merrill there again? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But... Um, so let's okay. So we've talked about Merrill, mm-hmm. I think, a little bit now. Let's talk about the team. So they move into second place tonight with uh, with the win over Colorado mm-hmm. State. They've got four games less left. What is your prediction for these final four games? So uh, you maybe convinced me to uh, think otherwise with New Mexico because I still <laughs> I still look at New Mexico. I still think New Mexico at the pit is always just one strange of the most, things. Always in, happen at right, the pit, right? But uh, when you reminded me how badly Colorado State beat New Mexico, it's like, oh, yeah. Yeah, New Mexico's not the same New Mexico anymore, (laughs) right? Uh, It it is still an intimidating environment. But uh, outside of New Mexico, I look at Fresno, I look at Wyoming, I look at San Jose State, and I look at three very winnable uh, basketball games for Colorado State. And I know they had a tight one with Fresno the first go-round up in Logan. It was an overtime win there, and now they're going to be on the road. I know that can be a tight contest there, but I still look at, and then you add, I, this, they could sweep these last four games, which would be great because then they go into the tournament with a number two seed. And so um, I do. I, am I saying they're going to sweep the last four? I, I don't know if I can make that. that <laughs> bo- I think they can win at least three of these final four, though, uh, to go into the tournament, at least three. Uh, I think they win all four. I think they're playing good enough basketball right now. I think they're mm-hmm. they're the nice thing is is they're clicking, and it's nice to see them reaching their full potential at this time of the year. Yeah, I we have not seen this team. I mean, they've won six of their last seven right now. Right, they're finally starting to play like that team we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season when they were picked to win the Mountain West. So it's been very encouraging to see the last three games for Kata, 21, 21, and 14. Right. He had five blocks against Boise State. He's rounding into form. He looks like he's in better shape now because that was was a noticeable problem with Mm -hmm. him when he came back from the knee injury. He just wasn't in game shape yet, and he was was kind of slogging through a little bit. His his minutes were limited Mm -hmm. because of it, but now he looks to be back in shape. Merrill is clicking. Justin Bean has been playing consistent ball all right. year long. Brito's looking a little bit better. Yes. Brock Miller's still a little inconsistent, but he's starting to hit shots. Mm-hmm. But he still hits shots when it matters, right. which is nice. Mm-hmm. And Abel Porter, he's another one. Abel and Bean have been very consistent all year long, right. and they're continuing to play well. I like how this team is playing. I think yeah. they're gonna. I think they're going to keep the second seed going into that tournament. Yeah, I think Bean has been maybe – and. Again, this is coming from a guy who didn't really follow the Aggies last year, but I think Bean has been a big surprise for this team this year. And, and maybe he was just as good before, but I, I think he's been uh, very solid, very consistent, like you said, a contributor to this team. Keita, for me, the way he's he's finally started to come into into his own the, these last couple of weeks, like uh, that's, that is the biggest 
thing for the Aggies heading towards postseason play is having a healthy Kata who's not only healthy, but it looks like he's starting to get back into the guy we saw last year that kind of took everyone by storm. And, yeah, understandably, he had the knee injuries. It seemed like he even came back quicker than I thought, yet he was still slow to get going. When he went down against uh, Boise on Saturday night, I was nervous. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is not good. And the look on his face when he's walking to the bench, I'm like, oh, he knows this isn't good. But then tonight, uh, you, you know, Tuesday night, he steps on the court against CSU, looked great in the post, you know, no getting problems. a double-double in another block. So, um, man, it's good to have a healthy Nemius Keda back on this team too. Where they are right now, what they've done, do you think they've done enough to get into the NCAA tournament if they don't win the automatic bid? If they win... If they win out these last four, to me, a, a loss against any of these four teams would would hurt the resume. Tonight's win, Saturday's win against Boise State, I think helped the resume. They're not like big, huge, uh, you know, sparkling games on the resume saying, "Whoa, these are these are the big time wins." But they're wins that that they needed to get, that they did get against quality opponents. That's going to help help the the resume. So you you win these four. The long answer to your question: you win these four, you get into the tournament. I think if they get to the semifinals and lose there, I think they're still a bubble team. But that it depends on who you lose to and what happens in the championship game. San Diego State would clearly have to win out. No matter what happens, I think if if Utah State gets to the championship game, I think they're in. Just. Uh, uh, the Mountain West is a good enough conference to get two teams in. San Diego State's the lock, I think. Uh, so you get to that championship game, I think Utah State has done enough to be a tournament team. I'm with you. I think it has to be the championship yeah. championship game, and I, and I think they have to win out. They've had enough bad losses already yeah, this season. Right. I don't think they can afford to have another bad one with these next four. That's another reason why I picked them to win the next four, because I think uh, Craig Smith and I think the team understands that they need to win these four because if they don't, they're not getting in the tournament. And that is, anytime you talk to them, that is the ultimate goal. That's, that is what they want. They want to make that NCAA tournament. They, I mean, they want to win the Mountain West, but that tournament berth is a big goal for that team. And unless they get at the championship game, I don't see it happening, but yeah. I do think they will, uh, just based on what we've talked about before. All right. Well, Sam. Yeah. Thank you for Good coming times. on the Scotsman Podcast. Yeah, Where can the people find you? <laughs> well, I'm all over the place. Uh, uh, you know, in the mornings, I'm at home. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> all right. Now, on, on Twitter, uh, you know, uh, I'm S. Farnsworth KSL now. Um, you can find me on Facebook, and I make my con- contributions to kslsports.com as well. But also, as you mentioned, uh, you know, usually Wednesday and Thursday and Friday nights, Saturdays with and Sundays with Jeremiah on uh, KSL Channel 5. So. Sports Beat Sunday, Sports Beat Saturday. All fantastic programming. Thanks again for coming on, Sam. And thank you for downloading the podcast where the sagebrush grows. (laughs) 